This is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with uh, Professor David Sibula, who is the Chair in Gynecologic Oncology at the General Faculty Hospital in Prague in the Czech Republic. Welcome, David. Thank you very much, Pedro. It's my pleasure. So, David, uh, it's a it's an honor to uh, to speak with you, and uh, we're going to talk about the the lead article in the uh, journal, um, focusing on the European Society of Gynecologic Oncology quality indicators for surgical treatment of cervical cancer, and I think obviously this is incredibly uh, relevant and very timely. So, we wanted to just spend some time with you talking about. Um, sort of like the initiative and the rationale for putting this document together. And, uh, and, and if you can tell us why ESGO felt it was important to develop this manuscript now. Yeah. You know, everything started uh, already uh, almost three years ago. ESGO conducted a survey uh, and we asked the uh, ESGO members uh, for uh, their routine practice and the survey was also published in uh, the International Journal in 2018 and uh, it was quite obvious uh, from the results that uh, in cervical cancer the clinical practice is uh, uh, very very unharmonized and, and, and divided so uh, then ASCO spent uh, almost two years on uh, one of its uh, major projects, which was the development of the clinical practice guidelines uh, for patients in cervical cancer. These guidelines were published in, uh, in the, at the beginning of, uh, of this year, again, in the International Journal. And these quality indicators was just a consequent next step project uh, which uh, was uh, uh, directed towards towards the same uh, the same aim to support somehow uh, harmonization and standardization of the clinical management of uh, cervical cancer. And the aim of these quality indicators is to set up some uh, some strategy. For, for the metrics, for the metrics which can be used in different situations for the assessment, for, for accreditations, for, for audits, which can be done by individuals, by, by institutions, by, by, by uh, governments, or, or, or by the society. Yeah, so certainly, obviously, uh, you know, as I mentioned, this is, a, this is going to be, a, uh, I think, an excellent tool for not only the individual practice, but uh, the, the much more broad and general categorization of, of the standards of care in many uh, institutions. So if you can just please elaborate on the process and, and the methods of, of developing these, these quality indicators, um, you know, specifically speaking like on the nomination of the experts, um, the identification of what were the relevant quality indicators, and also how you evaluated those quality indicators. Yeah, it was quite an, uh, a lengthy process. Uh, ASCO developed this uh, this process already earlier, 
and this was applied for quality indicators uh, in another project on surgical uh, treatment uh, of, of ovarian cancer. Uh, this was uh, the paper was published in 2016, and the process itself it has it's composed of uh, of six steps, starting with the nomination of uh, of, uh, of of experts. Uh, they were nominated by by ESGO Council in collaboration with uh, regional or national uh, clinical trial collaborative groups. So uh, we wanted to not only have uh, the key opinion leaders from 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 different groups, but also to make it making balance uh, regionally to cover the whole Europe. Because uh, what we knew from uh, from the survey was that uh, the clinical practice is is very different, also uh, regionally, ge- geographically. So once the once the, this this expert group was uh, was nominated, uh, in parallel, ESCO methodologists performed the, the the thorough review of the literature and identifies all uh, similar projects or similar initiatives. So we we had a, a group. We had a, a lot of we we found a lot of a lot of uh, quality indicators which uh, have been suggested by different groups in the past. And each member of the group also uh, had have a possibility to suggest uh, any new quality indicators. These were transformed into the kind of questionnaire and evaluated by the whole group. And uh, then... Uh, the first face-to-face uh, two days meeting was conducted when the whole group discussed all the, 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 the list of these quality indicators and uh, choose uh, the, the best one which fulfill uh, the criteria which were to have those quality indicators which would be unequivocally defined, uh, would be clinically relevant or relevant for 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 daily routine clinical practice, uh, which would be measurable because uh, this is uh, the, the the key aspect for 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 any metrics, and if possible, also based on the on the on the scientific uh, basis. And then the next step, which is uh, I very important that these uh, the the outcome of uh, of this uh, work. Uh, the set of suggested uh, proposed quality indicators was sent for the external review, and uh, they were reviewed by uh, the group of uh, about 100 external reviews, which were independent on the group. Uh, in the group, in these uh, uh, external reviews, there were. Uh, different uh, disciplines represented not only gynae oncology but also medical oncology, radiation oncology, and and, and radio diagnostics. And then the whole process was finished uh, at the last uh, face-to-face meeting uh, when uh, the working group tried to implement all these or the the the, 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 the main comments uh, we received uh, from the external review. 
And, and David, now getting into some of the some of the specifics of the quality indicators, um, obviously there's been a lot uh, regarding the importance of you know the 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 referral of patients with gynecologic cancers to high volume centers, um, and and obviously you have targeted this uh, this point as well in the quality indicators. Um, tell us about the details regarding the denomination of a center case volume, the training, and the surgeon experience. Uh, specifically, if you can elaborate on, on the minimum target required as specified in the, in the quality indicators of uh, at least 15 radical hysterectomies per year. Yes, this is, uh, this is probably the most important uh, indicator from, uh, from all. Uh, uh, the group... Uh, was uh, aware of the fact that uh, the size or the volume does not guarantee the quality. At the same time, certain certain volume is a prerequisite for for the quality. So uh, we reviewed the literature. There is a literature in uh, in other cancers showing that the the quality in terms of the outcome, uh, the morbidity, uh, the quality of the workup uh, can be higher in large volume centers. But very little literature is available specifically in cervical cancer. Uh, but uh, there were some initiatives uh, from Japan, China, Taiwan, or the U.S. published already. And uh, so... Uh, the question was uh, where to put the, the target, and uh, you rightly pointed out that that we we set up the target, the minimal target uh, at uh, fifteen radical uh, procedures. Uh, in in this case, in cervical cancer, radical hysterectomy or radical parametrectomy uh, per per year. Uh, we uh, take into consideration uh, the, the, the real world. Uh, so obviously, currently, the incidence is also varies also dramatically across Europe and, and, and across the world. And uh, so we search the situation in different European uh, countries and try to find such a, a minimal criteria which would be fulfilled at least by a few institutions in uh, in individual countries, and then uh, the, the the consensus uh, from the group was to make it as sixteen procedures as a minimum minimum target. But in the same quality indicator, there is also uh, an optimal target, which is more or at least uh, uh, than thirty. There. There is a paper uh, from uh, from the U.S. where uh, in which authors uh, use this uh, this uh, uh, this uh, target of uh, fifteen uh, uh, radical hysterectomies uh, per per year as uh, a marker of high volume center, uh, but uh, this was related only to laparoscopic uh, radical hysterectomy. Uh, and it was published uh, in 2018. 
And, and David, I, I also noticed that um, that you touch on the point of the participation in clinical trials as an indicator of quality for the center. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, one of the one of the quality indicators says that uh, it's a participation uh, of the center in at least one clinical trial on cervical cancer. Uh, I must uh, say that the, there is no evidence in the literature on that topic available. So we somehow uh, took this from other fields. Uh, we use this quality indicator uh, in, uh, in, uh, from, uh, from ovarian cancer, uh, where there, there are data about it. And uh, we wanted to to highlight that uh, the participation or, or or the existence of clinical trials is not only important for for this for these patients who can have an access to innovative treatment uh, thanks to uh, to the to the trial, but uh, having uh, open or, or ongoing clinical trial means that. The, the whole team must follow certain standards and certain protocols. So, so, so it usually has a, a, an impact to the whole process of the management. And uh, the centers with uh, a good clinical trial center uh, with open protocols uh, the, can reach higher standards and offer their patients not only new innovative treatment, but also higher higher quality of care in general. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There, there are several points that I think uh, they are right on target because certainly we need some standardization. The first that I want to talk to you about is that I think it's really important that we have a minimum requirement for pathology reporting. Um, can you specify as to what were the details that you're requiring for the pathology reporting in these quality indicators? Yes, uh, you know, in many in many fields, these quality indicators refer to uh, the ESCO ESPRO as guidelines. Uh, they were developed in collaboration of three societies, and one of them was European Society of Pathology. So there were pathologists on on board. And uh, part of the uh, of the of the article is a table which shows the list of requirements for pathology assessment and pathology report. So there are there are numerous criteria there, uh, as, uh, such as uh, macroscopic description of the specimen. Uh, tumor measurement in three dimensions, tumor type, LVSI, a minimum distance of uninvolved uh, stroma, margin status, lymph node status, and pathological staging, uh, both DNM and, and FIGO stage. So, so there is a list of, of a minimal requirements which should always be included in pathological reports. And equally in surgical reports, I think that now you target that as well, uh, which I think is critically important. 
Um, tell us about the elements that you're looking for in the surgeon documentation under these criteria. Yeah, th there is also a list of, uh, of these requirements. Again, it refers to, uh, to, to the guidelines, and it says that the surgical report must include at least the following elements. To, to, it's a minimal, minimal number of, of them, including surgical approach, type of lymph node staging, technique of Esalen detection, uh, localization of both detected SLN and regions of pelvic lymph node dissection. A uh, very important aspect is a detailed description of type of parametrial resection. And uh, we recommend to use uh, a Kelly-Moro classification uh, which uh, in the survey internationally was the most uh, often used, uh, uh, used classification system. Then type of adnexal procedure, uh, if uh, adnexa were transposed and the localization of, of them, basic surgical data, including duration of the surgery, blood loss, and uh, any intraoperative uh, complications. And, and David, as a follow-up to that, you, you mentioned the issue of sentinel lymph node mapping. And as you know, obviously, this is one area that is fairly controversial in, in cervical cancer as to whether we should be implementing sentinel lymph node mapping alone or whether we should still be performing lymphadenectomy without prospective randomized uh, data. Would you share with us what we should take from this manuscript regarding the utility or implementation of sentinel lymph node mapping alone? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you that this is the area which, uh, which is being constantly uh, developing. Uh, so me personally, I, I expect uh, these guidelines and these quality indicators may change in a year or two or three from uh, from now. But currently what it says and uh, what was the consensus of the group was that SLN alone without full pelvic lymphadenectomy is uh, recommended only in patients with uh, T1A uh, disease uh, uh, with LVSI. Uh, so if I take it stage by stage, T1A without LVSI, no lymph node staging necessary, T1A LVSI positive, SLN as an adequate, uh, uh, adequate type of lymph node staging, but in T1B1 still full lymphadenectomy is recommended, but uh, it, it's uh, recommend to perform SLN biopsy uh, in addition to pelvic lymphadenectomy since uh, the identification of just a few SLN allows uh, pathologists to do more intense uh, pathological assessment and to increase uh, accuracy of the staging, especially to improve diagnostics of 
small metastasis, micromets or even small macrometastasis, which are slightly larger than uh, than 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 two than two millimeters. Yeah, which then brings us to the point of um, the indications for adjuvant treatment, and and I was wondering if you can share your thoughts pertaining to the percentage of adjuvant therapy in the setting of early stage cervical cancer. I believe you mentioned that there will be an expectation of less than 15% of all patients receiving adjuvant radiotherapy by the quality indicators. Uh, can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that? Yes, I expect that there will be uh, a lot of discussion about, about this because this is indeed a, a highly controversial topic and uh, I, I know that uh, they are strong believers and strong opposers of adjuvant treatment based on a combination of uh, risk, risk factors. Uh, one of the, uh, the, the, the principles of, uh, of, the, of the guidelines uh, uh, is uh, in, in early stages is that the guidelines recommends uh, to uh, manage the patients with early stages either by radical surgery or by definitive chemoradiation, but trying to avoid a combination treatment. Uh, a lot of people say, you know, why to do so? Because uh, the combination treatment is, is not associated with that much toxicity. Uh, well, uh, not that much, but obviously those are two different treatment modalities and each of them has its own toxicity, which is different. So at the end of, of the treatment, it's, 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 not, only, it's not only a, a slightly high, high risk, but uh, it's uh, accumulation of or, or combination of two different types of uh, morbidity or adverse events or toxicity based on radical surgery and based on radiation treatment. So the whole philosophy is to support the management based on uh, a good quality of preoperative assessment to exclude patients with positive lymph nodes, with intraoperative excellent assessment to exclude those uh, with uh, larger lymph node metastasis, which can be detected intraoperatively, and try to uh, distribute or, or triage the patients either towards radical surgery and then to do proper radical surgery or for chemo, chemo radiation. And uh, it, al it also has a lot of to do with the quality of preoperative work but if one of the modern imaging technology is used, then uh, uh, positive uh, uh, surgical margins as another potential uh, reason for adjuvant radiotherapy should be should be a very rare situation. So, so if we count then uh, the reasons for adjuvant adjuvant therapy. And here in the quality indicator, we speak about tumors less than four centimeter. It should be lower than 10%. And uh, because uh, the, the, 
the practice currently varies, the consensus of the group was uh, the target is lower than 15%, counting everything together, counting uh, those positive lymph nodes which cannot be detected by, 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 by any technique, counting uh, positive parametria which were not detected by, by imaging preoperatively, and counting also uh, those patients who were upstaged based on the final, final, final pathology. But in the rest of the patients, we usually knew upfront at the beginning before the surgery that uh, we will have to use adjuvant, adjuvant treatment. And here it's the question whether to do radical surgery or whether to, to send them directly for primary chemoradiation. And the philosophy of these guidelines and quality indicators is as such, to, dive, to, 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 to stratify them into two streams with one, one main, one main uh, treatment modality only. And I, and I agree. I think that that adds uh, a, a level of clarification and, and guidance that, uh, that we didn't really have a, a set before. Now, going towards sort of the other end of the spectrum, the, the patients who are low risk, uh, patients regarding um, fertility preservation. Uh, and we had talked about the issue of uh, surgical volume and kind of getting back to that. Uh, you know, is there a set requirement for an institution to be considered a, a high volume center for radical trichelectomy? Um, you know, should, in other words, should patients perhaps even more than in radical hysterectomy be referred specifically? to high-volume centers um, by a certain definition of a number of radical trichelectomies? Yeah, that's a very good point, and I fully agree with you that if uh, uh, radical hysterectomy is a procedure which needs uh, a certain uh, experience, if the management of uh, cervical cancer needs certain clinical volume and certain experience of all members of the team, including uh, radiologists, surgeons, pathologists, uh, uh, then uh, fertility sparing treatment is uh, even more delicate and and uh, uh, the delicate type of management which requires really excellent uh, a superior quality of all these steps in the management to be successful and uh, not to uh, not to endanger endanger our 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 patients. Uh, this uh, we discussed uh, very thoroughly uh, in the group, but uh, it's a matter of fact that with a very low incidence. Uh, of cervical cancer in uh, Western European countries, in some of them, and uh, with uh, you know not that good centralization system, it's very difficult to set up some target and say that these institutions must have experience with at least certain number of cases uh, per year. So we were unable uh, to 
agree on a target in this uh, in this field. Uh, but we included one quality indicator which is related to to this to this topic, and, and, and it says that all eligible patients should be counselled. And eligible patients are obviously those with uh, uh, not rare uh, tumor types, uh, with tumors especially less than two centimeters in in uh, in a in a fertile age. So at least the guarantee that all these patients who are potential candidates uh, for further sparing treatment uh, will be properly informed, will be properly counseled. And uh, then uh, this paper just uh, suggests to centralize these patients into the comprehensive centers with enough experience of all the aspects, including, of, of course, perinatal perinatal, antenatal care, and IVF, because all this must be on a very good uh, quality level. So, David, uh, one, one last question, and probably a question that you would not be surprised to hear from me. Uh, uh-huh. Your thoughts with regards to the recommendation on the surgical approach to radical hysterectomy, minimally invasive versus uh, open surgery, um, what, what, what is the, a recommendation from the ESGO quality indicators manuscript? No, I'm not surprised, <laughs> but, uh, but I, but I don't, but I don't have, <laughs> but I don't have in a, uh, anything to, uh, to offer in this field based on our, uh, our paper, because, uh, it, well, there is no quality indicator on this on this topic so far. Uh, uh, there was no consensus on uh, on this uh, in this field whether this can be considered currently a quality indicator. So whether we can say, you know, if the institution performs still uh, 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 or managed cervical cancer by, by, by minimally invasive surgery, uh, it uh, does not respect the current current uh, clinical standards. So, so whether we can be so strict to say that the quality indicator per se is uh, is strictly open surgery in the field of uh, of surgical cancer, uh, it's uh, of cervical cancer. It's uh, this is as as in other similar projects always. The outcome is the result of a consensus of a consensus of the expert group. So it reflects a lot of opinions and a lot of the situations which can be regionally different. And in this group, in this time, uh, we were not able to find a consensus on this topic. So, so it's not included in quality indicators. Well, David, it's been uh, a pleasure, and, and uh, I would like to uh, know if you had any closing remarks. Well, just uh, maybe on behalf of the whole crew, because uh, as I said, the whole process was quite quite lengthy, and uh, it included two uh, face-to-face uh, meetings. So we spent each of those 16 gynae oncologists uh, spend a lot of time on uh, on this, 
my my wish is that the, the our professional community finds these quality indicators useful and uh, uh, they they can maybe find a selection of them but uh, they will be somehow for different occasions for different situations used in uh, clinical practice so we will be able in the future to use them somehow to uh, to uh, uh, not only measure the quality but 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 also to improve the care uh, with the time well David again I mean it's it's an impressive task uh, congratulations to you and the group for putting this together uh, thank you uh, again for submitting it to the uh, journal and uh, and once again, uh, thank you for everything that you have contributed to the field and continue to contribute. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Pedro, for the invitation.